This is Growing the Valley, a podcast by the University of California Division of Agriculture and Natural Resources. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Miller, Orchard Systems Advisor for Butte, Tehama, and Glen Counties. I'm your other host, Phoebe Gordon, Orchard Systems Advisor for Madera and Merced Counties. Today on the podcast, I'm sitting down with Sarah Castro from the UC Davis Prune Breeding Program. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Luke. Thank you for having me. Sarah, tell us a little bit about your background, your story of where you got to be, where you are breeding prunes of all things. Okay, yes. Well, I grew up in Durham, California, which I'm sure many of your growers has heard of and was raised on about a five acre farm of almonds and then went to Cal Poly. I started off as a landscape architect major and realized it was not hands-on enough. So I transferred over to horticulture and got my bachelor's there with a minor in ag business and an emphasis in crop protection. And then I worked at Fowler Nurseries for almost two years. And that's where I really got into tree farming and all the nursery stuff and diagnosing issues and that sort of thing. And then about two years in, I learned of a prune breeding program that needed a new manager and just couldn't pass it up to get my master's and work for Dr. DeYoung. And so went over to the university in 2008. And while I was working, got my master's in horticulture and agronomy with an emphasis in plant breeding. And I've been doing this job ever since. So about 14 years now. Fabulous. And that segues beautifully to what is the history of the prune breeding program at UC Davis predating yourself and then where things have gone since 08? Yeah, right. In the early 80s, the prune board was looking to diversify the industry. As many know, the industry just has the improved French cultivar as what it grows. And so in the early 80s, it looked for a breeding program There wasn't too many people interested at the university to take over something like that. So Dr. Ted DeYoung decided to start a breeding program. He is a plant physiologist, not a breeder. So he hired a lab assistant with a lot of breeding background. And this man, Jim Doyle, was stationed at the Kearney Ag Center. So Dr. DeYoung and Jim Doyle started the program in 1985, and they started by importing a lot of cultivars from France and trying to breed those with improved French. And that they learned didn't work very well. Inbreeding depression was the reason why improved French was not a good parent. And so they had to kind of rethink how they were going to do the breeding program. Jim and Dr. DeYoung did a lot of great work. And then Jim was ready to retire right around 2000. And Carolyn DeBuse took over in 2000, and then I took over in 2008. Um, Within that time, around 2000, Jim and Carolyn and Dr. DeYoung released a few cultivars to Larry Giant, which is a large fresh fruit plum, and then Sutter, which would be for drying, processing fruit, and then Mirror Beauty, which would be a pollinizer for Tulare Giant. And then... 
the program really since you've been involved has been heavily impacted by what happened after the release of this Sutter variety for the dried prune industry. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. So I came on board in 2008 and around 2007 is when we were realizing that Sutter might not be a great um, fit for the prune industry as a whole. The problem with Sutter would be that it had a few fruit that were too juicy. And then in the bins, once you harvest it, that one juicy fruit was going to mess up all the rest because it would make all of the fruit sticky, make it clumpy, attract insects in the dehydrator. And there were just a few other minor details that made SunSweet and all the other processors decide that Sutter would not be a good candidate for the industry as a whole for large-scale production. So that instance with Sutter really changed the trajectory of our prune breeding program, where now instead of emphasizing on big, beautiful, tasting good, we're emphasized on something that's very processable. If you think about the difference between a fresh tomato tomato versus a processing tomato. There are different textures and fresh tomatoes, they're gritty and the processing tomato is fine, but it's made for processing. And that's what we're looking for now in this breeding program is a processing plum where it might not be as attractive on the tree, but it starts to dry on the tree. And when you harvest it, it's already going to be partially dried. So that tastes less energy to dry the fruit. And it's just easier to deal with that the fruit is more tough and able to be shaker harvested, put in bins, put through all the processing equipment and still end up with a beautiful product, just not something as big and juicy as what we were looking for initially. So in addition to the breeding program, really focusing on those processing attributes, getting into some of those drying on the tree and a little bit in the way partway to where the folks in the raisin industry have been able to go with breeding. But what are some of those attributes, tree attributes, or any other things that you're looking for in your breeding program? What I tell most people in general would be a low dry away ratio, because that means that the fruit is already partially dried. If it's a real low dry away ratio, that makes it easier to dry. And that's really what's going to save the growers money. And that's our main objective, obviously, is to release a new cultivar that would save growers money. But it's not just the dry away ratio. It's pruning less. Pruning is still inescapable in some of these fresh fruit markets. So a tree that could be mechanically harvested, a tree that could be a high density situation. We're looking at those avenues as well but also something that would require maybe less sprays, might be more resistant to brown rot. We're all looking at those attributes. But more specifically, harvest dates and bloom dates are pretty important for the industry. Many broom growers are also almond growers or walnut growers. So we want to make sure that whatever we release isn't going to disrupt the harvest of their other crops that they grow. For example, if we had a prune that harvested three weeks after improved French, that might not go so well because most of the harvesters need to go where the pistachios are. 
because many pistachio growers use the same machinery as the prune growers. So there's all these different things that we look at and trying to find the right compromise and the right attributes for our growers. We think a tree that harvests right around improved French time would be ideal, but it needs to be either right before or right after for the ease of harvesting and thinning and bloom sprays and that type of thing. In that regard, harvest date is important, but bloom date is important. As we all know this year and in previous years, heat at bloom has been an issue for prune growers, but also this year freeze at bloom was an issue for not only prunes, but other crops as well. So for example, I actually have a lot of trees that bloom before improved French and they got nailed by the frost. Whereas if I had all French, they might not have got dinged as much. Usually it's the other way around. Usually I'm the one with all the fruit and the heat at bloom nails the improved French. You just never know what you're going to get on a year-to-year basis with these environmental factors. So many things to consider, especially with the industry reliant on a single variety, the equipment on the processing end being set up for a single variety. You just have to check so many boxes. And then at the end of the day, it's like any variety selection or rootstock selection. There's going to be these pros and cons and some of those massive pros or cons with things like harvest date and bloom date and all the ramifications of needing to get through prune harvest because those custom harvesters are shipping their rigs down to the San Joaquin Valley for pistachio harvest. So many things. And then with bloom timing, typically your varieties are looking great because of we so far have dealt with so much more heat at bloom, you know, 82 degrees or more than, than the freeze, you know, this late February freeze we just had. But a couple other things that stood out is that it's so exciting with all of your advanced selections. They're all going to save growers money because they all have much better dry away ratio. And it's also really exciting to me that they all taste fantastic. Fantastic. I think improved French tastes great, but right now, before our meeting today, I was eating some Yolo Gold, which is the first variety I want to talk about, and it's just so delicious. So could you tell us a little bit more about the, some of the pros and cons and attributes of Yolo Gold? Yes. So Yolo Gold is the one we are going to release next. It is kind of a passion project for me in the sense that it's been my favorite ever since 2008. It was actually selected out of the seedling block by Carolyn DeBuse, and it has been my favorite ever since. It's a little on the large side, and we showed it to the growers for many years. There was no initial interest in it because of its size, so we just kind of kept it on the back burner and planted a few rows of it where we usually wouldn't do that with just any tree, it just really stood out as being such a superior fruit in looks, but also in taste and especially in taste. So we decided this last year that it's time to release it, even though there's no momentum by the growers to plant it, probably because the dry away ratio isn't superior like all the other trees that I have to promote are. This is more a tree that has superior taste and And it won't mix well with improved French, which it would be an issue for most of the major processors. So Yolo Gold, once you taste it, you realize how much better it tastes, but it also 
like I said, doesn't mix well with French. So it's a more unique item and, you know, it'd be fun for anybody to try even in their backyards because it's really good fresh, but also dried. Now we call it Yolo Gold because most of the years we've selected it was in Yolo County and gold because it's actually a yellow fruit. Most people assume that prune fruit is all purple, but I actually have quite a few trees where the fruit is yellow and So this item is a yellow fruit that harvests a week or two after improved French and is tastes really good fresh and dried. So it'd be great for someone, an entrepreneur to put in their own orchard or just for their backyard use as well. It really is exciting. It'll be interesting to see how much adoption happens with Yolo Gold. As you know, can't mix it with improved French. It's a different beast, both in size and in color. But it's such a great tasting prune and it's great fresh as a plum right off the tree. So really interested to see where this release goes. It's obviously challenging now going into the numbered selections because it can be so easy to get lost in these different names, not having typically you're able to lean on visuals of like a PowerPoint presentation or being out in the orchard and pointing to the sign on the tree. So it's a little harder here via audio, but Sarah, what are a couple other of your most exciting advanced selections? So yes, we have four really exciting advanced selections for any grower that's interested in trialing these trees. Any of these trees can be given to growers for them to trial themselves. Really what the most interesting thing about these cultivars is that the dry away ratio is more typically close to two, between two and 2.5. And so we have three items that are J2Ns. So I have a J2N79, a J2N128, and a J2N127. Um, So instead of telling you the individual attributes of those, I'm kind of going to group them together. They each have specific things that make them unique, like 79 has a really tough flush that processes really well. Uh, 128 is a little bit later, and I think the fruit quality is superior in that one. And 127 is the one that can get a 1.9 dry away ratio. It really dries on the tree, which is just really fun to see as a prune breeder and really fun if you're a prune grower who wants to save some money. So the J2N79, the J2N128, and the J2N127, they're all actually siblings. So we're excited to promote those three. We have some trials going in in the North State up by Yuba City. So we're going to start to learn more and more about these cultivars as they grow more. One of their other attributes would be that they produce fruit a lot earlier in life than you would have improved French. Right now, it's very popular in the prune industry to encourage long pruning in your French trees. In most of the trees that would come out of my program, you would not want to long prune your trees because if you did, you would overcrop your trees and it would damage the longevity of your trees. These trees produce fruit very early in life. Many times they will produce fruit on first leaf trees if you let them. So it's a really fun thing to tell growers that you're going to get fruit early. It's just something they need to be aware of, that it's a possibility. So with all four of the new cultivars that you could trial, they all have this really increased precocity, meaning that they have fruit really early in life. The last item is the I-12S6. 
this item is good dry away ratio, good precocity like the others. This one's more interesting because it harvests right around improved French time. And in the past, we've seen it to have a really wide harvest window. I need more tests of this. I need growers to be planting this item more often so that I can really declare with 100% certainty that it can harvest before or after improved French. And that would be a wonderful attribute to give the growers is something that they could have before or after French. So, you know, scheduling wise, we all have crews, we all have machinery that we have to move around during harvest. So if we can give you a prune that you could harvest before or after French, I just feel like that could really help a grower in their day-to-day harvest lives. So that's what the I-12S6, that's its claim to fame so far. It's just so exciting. The attributes of these advanced selections the early yield, that precocity in prunes, it is a real tough thing for the industry that it takes so many years for improved French to really get into commercial yield. And, you know, that's why we've done things like long pruning to try to advance that, but just so exciting for growers bottom line, the precocity of these advanced selections. Although, as you note, with the not being able to do long pruning, they are, each new selection is going to require different management and us farm advisors are going to have to pair with you to do more research and figure out how these new varieties should be best managed as they're released. That is a really good thing to bring up is the fact that all of these items are different. The prune growers are used to improved French, so it's going to be hard to adjust to some new cultivar. Like any almond grower is going to be able to tell you certain cultivars are more upright, certain cultivars are more spread out, independence produces fruit early, that type of thing. It's going to be the same thing for a new cultivar with prune growers. There's going to be new attributes that they're going to have to adjust for, but we feel that the lower dry away ratio is really going to be worth those compromises. Could not have said it better myself. That is a beautifully, beautifully distilled message, Sarah. So again, with these advanced selections, as well as information on YOLO Gold, we will link to an article that Sarah wrote on SacValleyOrchards.com. But Sarah, we need industry involvement. We need folks trialing these advanced selections if we're ever going to get things off the ground and out to the industry, because we need to know more pros and cons and the details of how to manage these. Yes, that is very true. It's really important to have these replications of, you know, not only trying these different cultivars, but the different locations throughout the state is really important. In a typical plant breeding class, one of the major factors is environment. And if I cannot get my cultivars in different environments with different planting scenarios and soils and rootstocks, I'm not going to be able to give the growers as much information as I can because I need those replications. The, the university as a whole only has a certain amount of land for us. And there's financial restraints where we can't just start planting all over California for these new cultivars. We need cooperation from the industry. That being said, the Plum Board has been funding this program since the 80s and has invested a lot of time and money into us, which we really appreciate. And they're kind of putting their money with their, where their mouth is this year. They are paying for all test trees that the nurseries would produce for a grower. So any of these items that I've listed today, 
If you would like to trial them in your orchard, you could get the trees for free. The plum board will pay for those. And also the processors have agreed to accept and pay for the fruit as well. So most of the major processors like Mariani, Sunsweet, Taylor Brothers, and possibly some of the other little guys um, have agreed to work with you and accept your fruit with for these trial items so that we can as an industry evaluate them and move forward. You know, if you think about these processors, SunSuite in particular is about 60% of the industry and they have a huge processing facility. So if they're going to tweak their equipment just a little bit, they need a lot of fruit to really play around with the processing equipment. So for example, in any year when they run improved French through, the, through their machinery, they have to tweak machines for sugar content, for moisture content. Things change from year to year just with improved French. So if a new cultivar is going to be introduced, they need to be able to mess with their machines as well to make this fruit processable and make it look as good as they make French look. So it's really important not only to have a new environments for these trees to be looked at, but also we need a lot of extra fruit for the big processors like Mariani and SunSweet to really test process and really figure out what's going to make this fruit look the best coming out of the pitter and steamer. Excellent. That is a great plug for the folks to contact you and we'll have your information in the show notes here that the prune board will pay for the trees. Certainly confirm as always, whenever you plant any new prune trees, confirm with your buyer, but so exciting to get more of these advanced selections and to see more YOLO gold out, out in the field. You also have a breeding program field day in each August where you get to taste the prunes, or in this case, they're still plums right off the tree. Yeah. So every year in early August, we try to do it right before harvest hits and we walk around the orchard in winters. If there's a, the Wolfskill Experimental Station over in winters has this great, great station that I have my trees in. And those are what I call my selection block. And so it's a really fun day where we meet up and we walk around the orchard and everyone gets to look at the trees and taste the fruit off the trees. They get to see like the, the crazy genetic variation that prunes have. And it's also a very social meeting because we're just walking around chatting, talking about new types of prunes. So it ends up being a really relaxed but informative meeting if you're looking for a new cultivar. And so that, like I said, is in early August, but really anytime uh, during harvest from, from the beginning of July to the mid-September, I would be more than happy to show any interested grower some of these trees we could meet up there and you could check them out for yourself. It's really fun to show off these new cultivars because it's unlike what most prune growers have ever seen. So it's, it's a lot of fun. This is Luke stepping into the interview here with an update that UC Davis Prune Breeding Program 2022 Summerfield meeting has a date now. So that's going to be August 4th. It's going to run from 930 to 11 a.m. And again, this amazing opportunity to check out these promising cultivars that Sarah and I have been talking about in this podcast. That meeting, August 4th, 9.30 to 11 a.m. It's going to be at the Wolfskill Experimental Station in Winters, California. And we will have the details for this meeting 
at sacvalleyorchards.com as well as at sjvtandv.com. Looking forward to seeing you there. Sarah, just tremendous thanks to you and to the Prune Board funding and to Ted DeYoung and everyone who's been part of this multi-decade effort to bring us new varieties because with a changing climate and with increasing costs for growers each year, we need new varieties. So this is so exciting that we have some really exciting things to trial and we need grower involvement to do that. Thank you so much, Luke. I mean, Luke and the other farm advisors have always just been so supportive, which is really appreciated from my program, as well, of course, as the prune board who pays for this program and certain nurseries who donate many hours of labor and space in their greenhouses to help us propagate and care for these trees. So it's definitely a group effort, and I really appreciate the support of the farm advisors. Excellent. Any final thoughts or takeaways, Sarah? No, I just, I'm really excited to get these cultivars out in the industry. And I think it could really help California stay above and beyond when it comes to prunes and the high quality, large fruit that it's known for. Excellent. Well said. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for listening to Growing the Valley, a UC A&R podcast. You can find out more about this episode at our website, growingthevalleypodcast.com. We'd like to thank the Almond, Pistachio, Walnut, and Prune Boards for their support. We'd also like to thank my sister, Muriel Gordon, for writing and recording the theme music.